Howdy, guys. How's everyone doing this morning? Sweet. Well, it is wicked cold out there. I uh, normally, uh, before like a Sunday, before I preach, I'll like go for a walk and just like kind of like, practice the sermon one more time in prayer walk. And I got here and I was like, you know, praying and stuff at church. And I was like, all right, I'm gonna go outside and go for a walk. No, nah, not today. <laughs> so <laughs> you got, I didn't get a run through this morning. So we're gonna practice here in the first service. Is that all right? Just kidding. Hey, uh, I do love our church. I love uh, so many things that's happening here. Thank you guys for giving last week to uh, what's happening in the Ukraine. Um, it was pretty cool to see. I think we gave 2,600 bucks last week uh, to, to the Ukraine. And, um, you know, that's probably nothing, uh, but hopefully it's a lot of meals. Uh, every, I don't know, uh, as, as a family, we make sure that we thank God and we pray every time we eat. And uh, it just seems like my, my, my gratitude for, for uh, my meal and the things that I have to be grateful for right now are higher. If you're not careful, you can get caught up in our culture right now and have a lot of things to complain about, like gas and all these other things. But when I think about the people in Ukraine, they're not complaining about gas right now. Uh, they're, uh, they're crying out to God and saying, God, I'm counting every one of my blessings. And so I'm, I'm praying for them and for strength over there, for the church, that they'd be resourced. And um, man, it breaks my heart what's going on over there. Thank you guys for giving. Hey, this is week four of, uh, of God, of promises of God. And I just want you to know, man, there are thousands of promises in God's word that you can hold on to. Um, and and I, I beg you to. I, I think in any real relationship, there are things shared from one party to another that you hold them accountable to. Like, hey, I'm trusting that you're gonna fulfill your end of the word. And I just want you to know, like, the Lord is big enough for you to hold him to his word. And really, that's when you'll begin to see your relationship and him prove his commitment and his love to you. And you're realizing, man, God, you are moving in my life. You do love me. And uh, today, this is just another one. But uh, I, I was reading uh, just right now, Isaiah 43, Isaiah 44, Isaiah 45, powerful scriptures about things that God has promised he wants to do in your life. So those are all free nuggets. Uh, first week we talked about salvation. There's nothing, there's no greater miracle than the miracle of salvation. Uh, the second week we talked about uh, freedom and, and the power that God has to redeem and heal within. Like I think that it's one thing to be, to, to be saved. It's another thing to, to be healed uh, from within. Like the burdens and the chains, when they start falling off and we realize that God is good and he's moving in my life. Uh, and last week we talked about this, this, this desire that God has to, to use us. And I'm kind of going to piggyback on that a little bit. Uh, I, I want every one of us to, to, to discover your purpose. Uh, I think that there's something wonderful when you realize that the Spirit of God came upon you and used you to do something. And last week we talked about, uh, I believe, a, a, a big um, urgency in the body of Christ for us to learn again how to share our faith. And I know it's a place where people are like, ah, I'm not, I can't do that. Uh, today I'm going to talk about the baby step of how to get there. Um, because this is really just about God using us um, as a whole. I'm going to go from two main passages of Scripture, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 today, and, uh, and the whole book of Ephesians. Uh, I'm, gonna read, I'm, I'm not going to read the whole book. I saw Julie go, wow, this is going to be intense. Uh, yeah, but I'm just going to skip around, uh, but pretty much the whole book of Ephesians is going to highlight a lot of this stuff with one big main thought. Uh, if all of you would stand to your feet with me, we're going to read God's Word together. We're going to Romans chapter 12 to start off here. And in Romans, it's going to say this. 
verses 3 through 8. I'm just going to read it from here. Because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Do not think of, do not think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith that God has given you. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function. So it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we are, all belong to each other. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy and speak out with as much faith as God has given you, and if your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, then teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, then be encouraging. If it is giving, then give generously. For if God has given you leadership, ability, then take the responsibility seriously. If you have a gift for showing kindness to others, then do it gladly. Man, this is powerful. Let's pray. Hey, Jesus, help. Help, 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 help. Amen. Cool. You guys can have a seat. Uh, this message today is complicated, um, but it's so simple. Uh, we're talking about the spiritual gifts and how this is going to lay out in all of our lives. And it's complicated because of the way that it involves each other. Uh, if you're not careful, uh, you can get thinking that your gift was designed for you. And, uh, and I think that's mainly where it starts. Like we get thinking like, you know what? I am good at this and I can do this well for Christ. Uh, and that is a good place to start. But I want you to see the big picture today of what the Lord's trying to do and the promise that he's trying to fulfill in and through your life. First uh, Corinthians chapter 12 is uh, really a wonderful book in the Bible. I've preached on this multiple times. What I love about this, you've heard me say this, uh, I, your pastor, loves Oreo cookies, and this is the Oreo cookie of, uh, of, of all, man. This is uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 is going to talk about spiritual gifts in and through the whole chapter. And 1 Corinthians 14 is going to talk about spiritual gifts, really some powerful ones, uh, in and through. And then in the middle, and 1 Corinthians chapter 13 is the most important, wonderful gift of all. It is the gift of love, and it is that double stuffed cream filling of the Oreo, you know? And so, uh, but anyways, he's going to start off talking in 1 Corinthians. Corinthians chapter 12, which is what I, I, I think is a big problem in the body of Christ today. Studies show that more than 75% of the body of Christ today does not know their spiritual gift. And uh, I think that that is a massive problem because if you're going to accomplish anything that you feel any kind of confidence in, you should know what you were designed to do. You know what I'm talking about? You don't use a hammer to screw in a screw. Uh, it's just not designed to do that. And so there's going to be a lot of things that you're trying to do for Jesus that you just feel like, I, I'm, I'm not good at anything. And that's a lie from the pit of hell. Uh, you're great at a lot of things. And I'm going to show you that here in Scripture. But 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1 is going to say this. Now, about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. I love that. I love that. And it's important to know, like, this desire I can't put in you to be used by God, 
but it is his desire to use you. But the, there, we do have desires. We sometimes we'll, 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 we'll look up and study things that we want to know. Hey, if you want to know how to, how to find a date, you know, you'll go out there and learn that stuff. You want to figure out how to make a steak, you'll figure out how to do this. I don't know what it is you want to learn, but we learn the things that we want to learn. Do you want to make a difference for the kingdom of God on this earth? Do you want to be used by God? If you want to be an instrument, you can learn this. Paul is saying, I don't want you to be uninformed. And there is, you are not without the resource. I just want you to know, you have the Holy Spirit and you have the greatest instrument of God's voice known to man right here. No, I'm just kidding. No, no, <laughs> this is it. <laughs> just, Lord, I apologize. <laughs> Stay out of that way. Uh, I always say, man, like, don't, you don't need to believe your pastor for anything. Please study uh, God's word to make sure that this is what God's saying. But I don't want you to be uninformed. In the next couple verses, he would say, he wants you to understand, look, there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. A spiritual gift is given to each one of us, listen to this, so that... We can help each other. Now, you're going to see this theme come through again and again and again, but I, I want you to understand the purpose of the gift is not for you. It is actually for us. You have something in you that makes you unique, but it's unique for me because I have a deficiency in my life and I need you. And I'm, I'm more than okay with saying the things that I know that I know that I know that I'm good at. And I'm more than okay with saying the things that I'm not good at. And being able to bring these things together is what makes us strong. It's what makes every marriage great. And it's what can make every marriage complicated. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, but we need each other. And you were designed to help me and me help you and us help each other. I love that. Well, at the very beginning of this whole conversation, I need to kind of zoom out for a second and give you the main promise. Uh, the promise of the gifts is the promise of the gifter. And it would lay it this way in, in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13 through 14. And he would say this whole thing, if you read with me in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, he'd go over this again and again, the spirit, the spirit, the spirit, the spirit. I think this the Spirit of God is mentioned like 15 times in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Um, but there, uh, now you Gentiles have also heard the truth, the good news that God saves you. And when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit whom he promised long ago. Did you hear that? When you became a believer, he gave you the Holy Spirit. You have the Holy Spirit living inside of you. And as your pastor, I have to urge you to learn how to notice him more and how to work in rhythm with him through your life every day. This isn't a Sunday morning experience. If that's what you're doing, you're missing the big picture. He lives in you so that you know that you're born again and you have relationship with God. You have been made one. The, the, the Spirit is God's guarantee that He will give us the inheritance He promised and that He has purchased us to be His own people. And He did so 
He did this so that we would praise and glorify him. I just want you to know that there was a, a gift that was promised to you. That is the Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit in you is a gift to me. And this is what you need to understand. The, 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 there's so many believers that I have come into contact with in this day and age that have isolated themselves from the church. And that's what's a tragedy is the spirit of God that is living inside of them is not being utilized to its greatest potential because we were designed to work together for one another with one another to accomplish a bigger task. You got to see this. Now it's terrifying because many of you, the enemy has in all of our lives damaged us by use of other people. And, and it's what makes us scary to work together. But this is supernatural when the church comes together. I'm going to show you this again and again here about the spiritual gift of Jesus is being used most when we just operate in unity. But what I love in this passage right here is he's talking about the promise of the Holy Spirit and the promise of the gifts of God. It comes with the promise that you would become a people. Now, this is one of the greatest prophecies of the Old Testament in Exodus that we've been reading out of Exodus chapter four. And, and they would take, they would celebrate this during, ex, uh, during Passover, excuse me, when they're taking these four cups that Jesus would have done. And he would say that you'll be my people. And this is the same cup. I'm trying not to oversimplify this. As Jesus is going to, he's going to take a cup of redemption. He's going to take a cup of sanctification. He, he's going to take a cup of salvation. And he's going to take a, a, a cup that would, that would declare you are my people. The fourth cup, which is the same one that he would say, I'm actually giving you a new promise. It's a little deeper and I'm not trying to go there today, but man, that's a powerful thing. What he's trying to say is you'll be my people. Now let me stop there. This is where it gets difficult for church goers to understand. Let me just take you back to that passage in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 14. The Spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance he promised and that he has purchased us to be his own people. Now, I don't know if you know this, but throughout Old Testament and New Testament, we become his people. We become adopted. One of the other illustrations in scripture that God uses often is we become his bride, right? And so there's this purity, there's this beautifulness, there's this honor. And what Jesus is really trying to say is why he wants you to understand the mentality that you're his bride is because he wants you to understand his love, but he also wants to under, you to understand in, in the idea of the day of a wedding, uh, 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 the day of marriage, a husband is proud to show off his bride. And there is a pride that, uh, 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 that the Lord has in his church, that I will build my church and the very gates of hell will not prevail against it. He wants you to understand that there is a, Jesus said that if when we love each other, that the world will know our love for one another by the way that we love. Like all unity is a passion and it's a power. When we come together, we become his bride and he puts his spirit on us in such a wonderful way. When we're unified, like in Acts chapter 2. The greatest moves of God happen when people are willing to actually trust each other. And I'm going back to that promise that you'll be my people. I've seen this hundreds, maybe thousands of times as I've talked with you, 
your friends, or even people that just attend our church for short seasons. So let's just take our church out of this equation and any church you might ever discover in your life. The church that you go to, that you really enjoy and you're liking it, and you meet with the pastor, you know what they always say? Pastor, I really like going to your church. Just want you to know, this is not my church. This is our church. This is his church. But what I've discovered is that when people don't know their spiritual gifts, all that you can be is a consumer. You can't be a contributor. So when you begin to understand who you are and what he's given you in this promise and the spirit inside of you and how God moves through you to be a benefit to all of us, that's when your confession changes. When you start getting involved in the church, it goes all the time from my church to you start saying, you know, you know what I love about my church? I, was, I went to an event uh, about three weeks ago with a few people from here, um, members of our church, and, uh, and this doesn't happen very often, so I was just tickled. And I mean, it was I really, I was so proud when I heard this. We were standing there talking, a whole bunch of dudes, and we were meeting other people. They were just randomly coming up to us or whatever, and uh, someone said, uh, they, oh, you guys all know each other? Yeah, we go to the same church, one of the guys said. And he goes, oh, that's cool. Uh, what church you go to? Oh, we go to the way. Man, it's a really wonderful church. Let me tell you how awesome our church is. And I, I was, I'm like, at first I was like, he's just saying this because like I'm standing right here, you know, like, <laughs> like he gets a bonus point or something like that. Or, and, uh, but as he started going on and then someone else chimed in, hey, let me tell you what else is awesome about our church, how, how they give, how we help in the community and how, how there's so many kids and how we get involved and how we love and like, the worship is so powerful and, and there's like, they were just bragging and it was really cool to be a flat, they weren't talking about my church and you shouldn't talk about my church or Dina's church. It should be your church, but it changes when you have something that you give back and you identify, I know how God uses me to make a difference in my church. Yeah. Do you know how you make a difference in our church? Because it's my prayer as your pastor, like Paul said, I don't want you to be uninformed and understand that all of these New Testament letters are being written to churches. And so the hope is that as it's going out to the saints, they're understanding their role in partnership as we're all doing this thing called the gospel together. Does that make sense? I want you to be a people, us, married, together, one, we are his bride. And it's not my church versus the church down the street. You got to know, like, we're, we're all working together. When people come to our church and they start bad-mouthing the other church, I instantly let them know that I love that pastor. It always makes people feel uncomfortable. I just want you to know, like, <laughs> hey, like, I am always going to love every other pastor because we're all trying to do God's work. So I don't know what TV evangelists you don't like, but I'm trying to find the good in them because if they're declaring Jesus' name, then we, we, can't, we can't look for ways to divide ourselves. That, that's what happens in a marriage if you're not careful. You can look at what your partner is doing that you don't like, and then you become enemies rather than figuring out what's uniting us. And as long as Jesus' name and the cross is being lifted up, then I have to figure out what is uniting us. Yes. All right, that was not in my notes. Okay, cool. So here we go. <laughs> I'm going to stay in Ephesians, and I'm just going to go to the next chapter here, but I think that this is crucial. 
He's going to say this in, in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. It's one of my favorite verses in all of the Bible, you guys. And uh, yes, every verse is my favorite. So, um, but he says this, we are God's masterpiece. Can I just stop there for a second? I, 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 I've always read this, I am God's masterpiece. And, and uh, I've always read like I am significant, and I am, man. I, I believe that I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Like I believe that standing here right now, I am designed in such a way that like if, you, if, if I was the only human on earth, it would be so obvious that God is in my life. I've got a musculatory system. That's huge, by the way. Uh, 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 I've got a digestive system and I've got a circulatory system and a nerve system and like everything in my life is just moving all at once and it's so crazy and he's given me a soul. Like I am fearfully and wonderfully made. He did a great job with me, but that's not what he's saying. He didn't say I'm impressed with Dina or Lacey or, or Caleb. He says, I'm impressed with us. Like we, the church is Christ's masterpiece. He died on a cross so that we would be won, bought, sealed, paid for. He is proud to display his masterpiece. He's talking about the church. God, make me passionate about your church. We are his masterpiece. And he created us in Christ Jesus so that what? We can do what? So we can do good things. That he planned for us long ago. And I love the word good. Because when I look at Jesus and or God the Father in Genesis chapter 1, everything that God made, which is crazy awesome, he defined as good. This, I made this and it was, it, was, it was good. He designed you to do some good things, man. He designed us to do some good things that he planned long ago. Now, let me just make sure that as we can mess this thing up, we can trip right over the gospel. We're talking about spiritual gifts today, and we're talking about the things that God planned for us to do long ago, but I don't want you to get this crooked. We don't do things so that God loves us. Like, I don't need you to go and preach the gospel to your coworkers so that God loves you. I don't need you to be on a worship team or sing songs or read your Bible so that God loves you. There's nothing that you can do that can make God love you more. There's nothing you can do that can make God love you less. You are his creation. He adores you. That's just, it's just always going to be that way. Even when you're an idiot, he loves you. And more often than not, you're probably the latter there. You know what I'm talking about? Um, <laughs> But he, he adores you, and, and, I, and it's, it's really important for me to remember that when I enter into prayer, because oftentimes I, I don't feel worthy, but, but I am his masterpiece, right? There's nothing I can do that can make him love me. I don't do these things so that God loves me. I do them because he loves me. And when you know that you're loved, you can know this because of the promise of God's spirit living in you. Now, God's spirit living in you is not a small thing. Jesus walked on the earth. The reason why he died and left is because he couldn't be with 7 billion people at one time. His plan is to release his spirit. He says, it's better for you that I go away. 
If I go away, I can send an advocate. I can send the helper. I can send the promise. I can send the, the one that will teach you all things. You know, the spirit of God will be in your life. Now you'll be born again by the spirit of God. You'll be the temple of God. Him living in you will be the hope of glory. This promise living inside of you, you should, should make you realize how special and unique you are to have the God of the universe living in you. That's, that's no little, little thing, man. But this spirit wasn't designed to just be here. It was designed to move through you. Rivers of life will flow through you. And it happens through the way Christ designed you. Are you all still with me? All right, I have to move a lot faster here. Um, Ephesians chapter 3, I'm going to read a lot faster here, guys, just for the sake of um, time, because I, I, uh, I was chosen to explain to everyone the mysterious plan that God, the creator of all things, had kept secret from the beginning. God's promise, purpose in this was to the church, was to use the church to display his wisdom in rich variety. His, his plan in all of it was to make sure that he used the church to be awesome. His plan was to use us so that they out there go, how can you get that many people together that have nothing in common? They weren't raised together. They have all these different backgrounds. They, they're not the same color, language, anything, but yet somehow they have like this passion and desire to give up and sacrifice things in their lives so that everyone is taken care of in the community. And like, they're, it's awesome. His design all along was to use the church. Now, where do you come into play? When I think about, I just close my eyes and I think about like, what would it look like if we weren't being used by the Lord? If you had a gift that you wouldn't surrender. Let's just picture this thing as like an old community, maybe back a few hundred years. And we all lived in the same neighborhood, the same community. And one of you was a plumber. <laughs> and I had a need at my house and turns out on my street, but you didn't surrender your gift to our community. It'd be a pretty crappy thing going on <laughs> in the neighborhood, right? I just think about what deficiencies do you see in our church right now? And what I found is the thing that you notice is the thing that you're best at. That's why you see it, because you, you're just good at it. Someone walks in here and they go, you know what this church doesn't have is, is, is better teaching. Okay, I'll go with that. Let's get you going here, you know? Sign up. Miss Amy is right over here. She'll see you today, and we can get you trained and uh, make sure you were doing things the same way, right? Maybe, maybe what we need is, is more people going out preaching the gospel, yeah, let's go. Maybe what we need is more pastors. We, 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 we struggle in our church with mercy and grace, and we need more people with compassion. Let's sound the alarm and get the pastors working. Just so you know, the pastors aren't the ones that are paid on staff. Um, that, that would be like if you just saw like the local church right now, but if you look in scripture, it, all right, let me take you there. Ephesians chapter 4 Verses, uh, uh, um, I'll read verse seven first. However, he has given us each one of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. 
Now, verse 11, now these gifts, these are the gifts that Christ gave to the church. He gave apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers. And their responsibility is to equip God's people to do the work and to build up the church, the body of Christ. Now, I believe that what we've learned is bigger churches just pay people to do all the ministry, and we have learned to watch television and call it, t- call it church. But that's not being the church. You were designed to have a role that we would be community and we would do this thing together. Your gift should make things better. I'm just curious. How many of you today are benefiting from the ministry of our kids workers right now? I'm being ministered to right now because my kid is not here. Praise God. And someone's feeding God's word into them. I was ministered this morning because I was able to see people that are passionate worshipers. And it's teaching me to lift my level of worship. Anyone else get ministered today by the ministry of worshipers? How about those that just served us? Anyone have a fresh cup of coffee? Y'all know we missed an hour of sleep last night. Many of you (laughs) needed that coffee just to spark your... There's so many things that's going on. The gift of administration, people that are doing the behind the scenes, following up with people, the people that are actually making this message make sense to you today on the screen, you know? Uh, That was a joke, but I'm sorry. There's so many things that the body of Christ need. Now, I, I was going to list off the gifts of the Spirit, but I feel like that would be foolish of me to define everything that's out there because it, you'll learn it better when you go and read it. And I don't want to feed you all of the food that the Lord is serving today. Because we weren't designed to be little babes. But watch the very next verse, right? That he would equip the church to do the work of the ministry. He'd give us the apostles, pastors, prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists to, do, to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. The next couple verses here in that book, I'm reading it like I'm on that same page. Uh, this will continue until all come to unity in our faith and knowledge of God's son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown around with every wind of teaching, of new teaching, which is awful. I mean, there's some new teachings out there. You know, like when ministers that we watch on YouTube use one verse, or maybe none, to define what God's doing amongst the church. And we will, uh, but if, if, if we have been built up by the, by, the, by the fivefold ministry and we've been built up then, uh, and, we, and we are working together and coming together, we won't be led astray. But there's so many believers that I come into contact with who don't even read God's word and then are defining what God is trying to do in the church. But it's gotta start here. You've gotta Get in his word. I'm begging you. If we're going to be mature at all, it's here. Can you imagine if I didn't read the word? All right, so the very next verse, he makes the whole body fit together perfectly 
as each part does its own special work. It helps other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Why do we need all of the spiritual gifts? So that we're all fit together and full of love. Now, I'm over time, but I've got to say all these things. So I was thinking about the parts of the body that we don't like. And you've got to know if you're part of the body, there are other parts of the body that are naturally, if I'm honest, going to annoy you. It's the way it works. So if you tend to be um, emotional, passionate, you're going to get annoyed by the logical people. If you're logical, you're going to get annoyed by the emotional people, right? So I'm thankful that you guys are here and you have a passionate pastor who is emotional and you somehow like me. Uh, but this goes different ways. There are some people that are all faith. There are some people that are very security driven. This is the body functioning together. This is, there is, and this is the lion and the lamb. It's the same thing. Like we need balance in the body and he designed us to work together. And there's gonna be some that are just favorites to you. Some of you are natural teachers and you prefer teaching. And so when, if someone comes with a teaching, you're like, man, that, that was, pastor was really good today. Some of you are visiting for the first time and you're like, I'm never going back there because that was, that was more, there was no evangelism coming out of that message at all. And that's what the church needs is it needs, that's right, you know, because you're an evangelist or, you know, or, or, or you, what you need is mercy. We need to talk more about grace because you need a pastor. And, and there are different things that's happening in the body of Christ that we get behind. Some of us really love the black and white stuff, the hard, give me line by line, you cannot do this, you cannot do that. You, it's because you have a prophetic gifting inside of you. Some of you have that entrepreneur mentality and you love it when we talk about big picture. That's the apostolic. And you can't disqualify a ministry because it's not doing what you don't like because that's your calling to do with me. Just want you to know, I need you. Mostly because I'm jacked up. And I'm, your pastor's so jacked up that he has so many needs that he needs, he just needs you to get behind him. And I'm so thankful for Brady. One of the spiritual, oh, I have to say this. So in Ephesians chapter one, it's one of my favorite verses. He's gonna say this. Shut up, Teresa. First Corinthians chapter 14, verse one, he says, let love be your highest goal, but you should also desire the special abilities the spirit gives, especially the ability to prophesy. Now, I just want you to know, none of the gifts are dead. Because if one of them are dead, then why aren't they all dead? But see, what happens is we like some that we understand and we don't like some that we don't understand. Let me give you an example on this verse and its, its counterpart. So some really like it when God moves in the church and they hate structured services. They feel like God's not in that. He's not in a time or a schedule, but yes, he is actually. He, he's a God of order. Uh, but since some that really like order don't like when God's moving and we don't know what's happening, but he is the God of interruptions as well. These things have to work together. And in this, he's saying, I, I, I want you to love, but I especially want you to prophesy. 
We want to see prophecy move in our church. And we also want to see the gift of administration move in our church. Now, I believe with all of my heart that I have all of the gifts living inside of me. Some of them I'm just better at. What do you mean, pastor? Well, if you know me very well, you know that I don't have the gift of administration, which is what, it's a a spiritual gift. Some people can just organize stuff. They just see it. They're like, hey, give me the paperwork. And they're just gonna, all this little stuff. And they see this here and spreadsheets and things going on. And for me, when I go to a board meeting and the spreadsheets come out, I get real quiet. (laughs) Just tell me the bottom line, guys. I just, we'll get there. But I'm thankful that we have a board that loves spreadsheets and they see things organized. Uh, But we need each other. And you need to see people prophesy in your life. The rubbing the wrong way is good for you. Marriage, conflict, it's good for us. I mean, not for me, babe, but you know, (laughs) for you, it's good. Um, uh, I don't like conflict, right? Anyone else? Can I get an amen? Conflict is good, man. It's, It's good for all of us. It grows us. And the body of Christ was designed to come together and bring our differences and our diversity and, and we should grow. And let me just make sure you understand that you have all the gifts living inside of you. Um, Deb, you're the worship leader. I'll make you, uh, this, is, this is Deb, y'all. Some of y'all know Deb, she's our worship leader. Deb, would you stand to your feet? Will you tell us one spiritual gift that you believe is living inside of you? Um, I do think I have the gift of like pastoring, shepherding people. All right, that's good. So do you see that gift in her? She didn't know this was coming. This was a surprise, right? How many of you believe she has the gift of worship? Can she have two gifts? If she has the same spirit in her that's in me, no different, says the scripture, does she not have all the gifts? Some are going to happen more easily for her and some are not. And we need to complete each other. And when we're complete, the world will know who we are. This is how I want to end this real quick. Deb, would you come? Um, some things I want you to be aware of. If you don't know your spiritual gifts yet, how do I discover my gifts? We have a class um, called Next Steps. Uh, some of you did it a long time ago and, and, and didn't not, nothing work for you or you don't have it figured out or you don't know what you're doing with it. Come back. It's next Sunday night. Um, the Next Steps, the first course is tonight, but um, this, the one for the gifts is, uh, is next week. We'll, we'll talk about spiritual gifts next week. But you can't figure your gifts out in a class. How how can you learn your spiritual gifts? Well, in scripture, the apostle Paul said in 2 Timothy chapter 1, he said, "You, you, you learn your spiritual gifts when people lay hands on you. And it stirs up, it fans into flame the gift of God. When was the last time someone laid hands on you? And if that makes you feel uncomfortable, good. That's what we need is to, like, living for Jesus is gonna make us uncomfortable. Living for anybody other than yourself, let me make sure you understand this, is going to make you feel uncomfortable. It's the selfishness in us that doesn't like discomfort. Um, What's another thing that I can do to develop my spiritual gifts? You can say yes to the Lord more often. And what happens is you'll get more comfortable realizing that some things just happen far more easier for you. But he's talking to you. He's, he's talking to you to, to come and pray. He's talking to you to read the scripture. He's talking to you to share your faith. He's talking to you to forgive or to go hug somebody. 
These are all spiritual gifts. And we downplay them because they don't sound like prophecy. But spirit isn't like mystical. It's just following the Lord. Forgiveness. It's a spiritual gift. Uh, 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 mercy, love. Uh, uh, the, when you see things black and white and you know someone's doing something wrong, that is also a gift. Works best with someone who's kind, but it, it doesn't matter. You got to do it, you know? How many of you don't want to know your spiritual gift? Raise your hand. Come on, if you want to know your spiritual gift, raise your hand. Don't be lying. Because if you don't get hungry, if you can't say it here, where are you going to say it? It was always God's promise that he would put his spirit in you to define to you that you are his. And when that spirit now is in you, it was designed to lead you, convict you, and empower you to love others greater than yourself.